Hello and welcome to Let's Chat Law, the podcast. It's Hannah May And Gabby. Um, so we're hosts for today's mini episode all about commercial awareness. We're discussing everything from why commercial awareness is important and how you can utilise it in your daily life. So the first question you are probably asking or wondering is what commercial awareness is. Now, just to confirm, it's not just reading the Financial Times every day or committing to one of the many, many commercial awareness stories that you see coming around or watching the news. And there are many interpretations of commercial awareness. And I think if you ask different people, they'll all tell you different things. But overall, it's kind of understanding what makes a business successful and um, understanding the wider environment of a business and how it works such as profitability and growth so what's important in relation to that is linking it back to how it impacts their decisions and how it impacts society themselves so Hannah May are you going to discuss why lawyers need it and why it's important to let's chat law yeah of course so if you're an aspiring lawyer listening to this podcast episode you've definitely heard the buzzword commercial awareness. And as Gabby's explained, it's not just, you know, reading the news. What clients are paying for when they hire lawyers to help them with their business is they're paying for the advice uh, that interprets the black letter law, but also applies it to their business and, you know, offers solutions about, you know, for a problem that may be the business or challenge that the business is facing and how it can be solved. So thinking commercially is, yeah, not just, you know, knowing what's going on in the stock exchange or in the news. It's also about um, just, you know, thinking creatively about how you can help your client, basically. So obviously lawyers will focus on the legal aspect of the business, but you'll still need to have awareness of other factors and influences such as, you know, financial tax, so on. And finally, it's also worth remembering that law firms are businesses too. Uh, While sometimes they're structured as limited liability partnerships and so on, uh, they still um, need to make money and they still make money. And um, it's worth factoring that in because often you do get a slightly tweaked commercial awareness question in in interviews and so on, where your interviewer might ask you, oh, so, you know, what uh, what should be our next practice area, or what country or jurisdiction should us uh, should our law firm um, open up into, for example? So when you're actually approaching a commercial awareness topic, it's very important to figure out how to read the new stories and how to tailor it to potentially an application or even just understanding how it works. So we recommend two ways of doing this. Firstly, I'll start with SWOT. Um, So we go on to, in this podcast, a bit more detail on how to apply it. So I'll just briefly go over it. But what SWOT stands for is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And the second one, which Gabby and Betty will be discussing, is PASL, which stands for Political, Economic, Sociological, Technological, Legal and Environmental Factors. Just a honey tip, if you are using this uh, structure or model, is to just remember that sometimes, you know, a new story or a business won't have every single factor applying to, to it. So you don't always have to like shoehorn in a factor just because you think it's necessary. 
Yeah, so if it's not relevant, don't put in, it's pointless. So as I mentioned, potentially you might be asked about this in an application or an interview. I have recently only been asked out of six applications I made, one application asked me for a new story. Um, Hannah May, what's your experience been with new stories and commercial awareness in applications? That's a good question. So thinking back to my interviews, which are now um, a shockingly long time ago, uh, I got a lot of commercial awareness questions in application, the application process um, when submitting the written application and slightly less so in interviews, but also I also received a lot less offers to interview. Uh, so it could just you know correlate down. But it's very common to have a commercial awareness question in the written application for example, tell us about a news story that you've been following and why it's relevant to uh, our law firm. Or even, um, as I mentioned earlier, if you know our law firm is going to do X, Y and Z, for example, open a new office or expand into a new practice area, what would you suggest? And then in the actual interview process, sometimes you would get, I, would, I did get questions saying, you know, tell me about a news story or you mentioned this news story in your application. Tell me a bit more about what's happening since that time. But often it was more of the, like, I guess, subtle commercial awareness questions where it was just, you just had to demonstrate that you understood how law firms operated as businesses and how, you know, you would work with clients and so on. I guess Betty and Gabby will be discussing discussing this later in the episode. But I think, yeah, be prepared for all kinds of questions. Sometimes they're not going to be as obvious as tell me about a new story, but you just need to make sure you're, you're a well-rounded, commercial aware, aspiring lawyer. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Um, and in relation to the applications, obviously, if they ask you for it, make sure you include it, but make sure it's relevant to the law firm or the area of law that you're studying or wanting to go into potentially. So don't give a random criminal law um, new story if you're wanting to go into a commercial sector um, because it shows that you actually don't have potentially the understanding of what's going on in the commercial world and potentially becomes quite negative um, but I think what's important is to link it to the application link it to the actual firm or chambers that you're applying to and link it to the area of law. So you've just heard from myself and Hannah in relation to what commercial awareness is, how to tailor it to interviews and applications, but also how to get a better understanding of commercial awareness as a whole. So now we're going to move on to actually applying it and giving a real life worked example from this month. So I'll just move on to that. Betty, do you want to start and give us an introduction on what commercial awareness story you picked this month? Yeah, no problem. So um, we're talking about the, I think it's BNPL. So that's buy now, pay later. Um, so the whole thing is like, it allows customers to be able to delay their payment or like split them up. So sometimes it's like, okay, buy now, pay in 30 days or like buy it now and then just split up over like the next three months, um, you know, without having to pay interest on the product. So it's becoming like really popular, especially, you know, we're shopping online so much, like scrolling on your phone, and you see they're like at the bottom, you're just, oh yeah, just click it. And then just like paying 30 days, you know, a lot of like clothing retailers, um, you see Klarna everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're shopping. It's literally on every single thing at the bottom. Oh, a way to pay. 
Um, and yeah, so as I've said it like that, obviously you can tell I've used it a couple of times. <laughs> Gabby, have you? Um, I haven't used it. So I've kind of always been a bit against buy now, pay later. I've just been a bit sceptical. I know that sounds bad, but I always think I have this saying that if I don't, if I can't afford it now, like there's no point buying it because if not, I'll just get myself, I'll end up, honestly, like you said, you scroll through your phone, I'd end up buying the full store and then I'd end up in massive amount of debt. So I try to make sure that I don't use anything like that. If I can't afford it now, I don't pay for it. That's my plan. I hear that. I hear that. So if we're going to go into like the breakdown of the analysis, I'm just going to start with the strengths. So like first thing, like I've said, it's literally easily accessible. Anyone can use it. If you're scrolling on your phone and you're doing some form of online shopping is probably there it actually does allow you to gain a good credit score I'm gonna say in this way like if you understand um, a bit about credit basically it's this understanding that you can pay for stuff that's basically what credit means so like if you did do buy now pay later it's an evidence that oh this person can actually like pay for stuff you know look into the future if you want to like borrow money for something I don't know, serious, like a mortgage or something. It shows like, it's evidence on your report that, oh, you can actually pay. Um, it's literally changing the landscape of like online shopping um, and the whole like consumer finance thing because it's interest-free. I don't know anyone who actually would say, oh, do you know what? Yeah, no, interest-free, bad. No, like a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, it's interest-free. So technically you're still kind of paying the same amount. You're just paying it later on maybe slightly you know like slightly down the lines like I kind of want it now but I don't have the money now but I can pay later but I'm actually not paying more so that's kind of what it is so those are the strengths I would say about the whole idea yeah I love that um I love the idea that um you can kind of get it for the same price because you're paying over installments. So I guess I'll go on to the weaknesses because I seem a bit anti <laughs> anti buy now pay later I promise you I'm not I've just not used it and I don't want to um, but in relation to the weaknesses I think it's really important to emphasize that sometimes people struggle to pay it like it's not always um, as easy as oh well I'll pay it 30 days later because 30 days come and they can't afford it and because they can't afford it that then sometimes leads well all the time will lead to extra um, money on top of that and fines and things like that because they haven't paid it in time um so that means that they end up in debt and debt leads to a lot of problems especially when when we talk about the fact that it's massively promoted and tailored towards like young people Klarna like I said has got a pink background you know I love Klarna's logo it makes it very friendly very um like appealing when you when you're scrolling through like pretty little thing or boohoo or whatever you shop on and you notice that logo like it looks nice so it becomes very appealing very accessible which then leads to sometimes young people or vulnerable customers getting themselves in debt because they don't have the understanding and when they don't have the understanding they don't understand how important it is to pay back on time um, so that's the difficult part. And on top of that, even though it is really accessible, the reason it's accessible is because there's no hard credit checks. So you can just automatically buy now, pay later. But if you do that, you don't know, like then they are 100% sure that you can pay it back. 
But obviously, they're not going to care because if you don't pay it back, they benefit from it. So I think that's the difficult part. But what do you think better? (laughs) I hear that, especially like the thing you said about like no hard credit checks, because the thing is like, um, if you're trying to get something and you know there's a credit check, it makes you think like maybe two, you actually think like, oh, do I actually need to do this? Because it's going to be on the cut. Like it makes you process the idea of like, okay, maybe I should wait or maybe, okay, definitely going to do it. Whereas like no credit checks, it's just like, yeah, tap, tap, tap. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but when I first came to university, I didn't know anything about credit to be fair, absolutely nothing. And I wanted the new phone. And then they were like the option to kind of, do you know the new iPhone? You go into Apple store and the options of getting credit and I couldn't get credit. And I didn't understand how or why, but it's because you have to build it up. But imagine if I could have just bought that new phone and then in a couple of months, I couldn't afford to pay for it. I think that's what worries me. Like the credit checks are there for a reason. And even though at, at some point it's really annoying that they're there, but sometimes it is actually beneficial. It is, it is. I went to, so before uni, I did a gap year um, where I worked and I worked, um, I worked in a place that actually I was, when people wanted to come in, I, I worked at Virgin and when people wanted to come in, it was kind of like, oh, you need credit checks. That's when I really like understood the whole thing, you know, because people come in, oh, I want this phone or oh, you can't get it because you don't have we don't, we're not sure if like in five months you're going to be able to pay it and it's, it's the whole thing and I think like you're saying it's the whole system is kind of like targeting people who don't understand this so you actually don't understand that this is actually there is the possibility for you to get into debt over top shop top which <laughs> I don't know about you but like the thought of that is just like no but be fair top shop <laughs> t-shirts are very expensive so I can understand why you get in debt over (laughs) I hear that um if I'm going to talk about the opportunities I think with this area I'd say like the very first thing is obviously regulate regulation if it's regulated I think like you know that's when probably we would have like I guess less issues maybe so like if there's like um proper like uh, like you said affordability checks before granting finance I don't know how they would do that because the whole point of it is for it to be like really easily like accessible. But um, I guess, you know, something, I guess they would understand how to do that. Like when, if I would say like when your bank is trying to tell you if you're trying to send money to someone and they put that note at the bottom saying, oh, just in case, just make sure that this person is actually somebody you're sending money to. It's not fraud. Like it's just like a real last minute, like check before you actually go ahead. So something like that. Um, And also like, I understand it's a business module model, but like the like I think encouraging the importance of um, letting people know like don't spend what you can't afford. You know, I think that's another opportunity. You know, for instance, like if you're thinking like Klarna, if it makes it clear to customers that they are being offered credit with penalties for missed payments, you know. Um, and that potentially, like, even just that reminder, like, okay, yeah, this is actually what's happening. So I guess that kind of leads down to, if you think about, like, advertising, you know, how is it advertised? How is it presented to the customer? Is, are there, like, warnings? It's not really, like, to put people off, but, like, even just a last minute of, this is actually what you're doing. So you actually, like, understand, okay, like, this is basically, this is what's happening. I understand it's credit. I understand there's possibility for debts. I still want the top. But like, I understand all these things. I'm going to say a reminder on my phone, like, okay, make sure you pay on social security. So I guess those are the opportunities that it would definitely present. 
Yeah. And then th that's the emphasizing of how important it is and the risks that come with it. So going on to the threats of kind of what happens if you don't pay it back. So it does negatively affect someone's credit rating later on. Um, just because, like you said, just for a t-shirt, if you default on paying for just a t-shirt or well, it could be it could be for anything at this moment in time, I'm sure like buy now pay letters for literally food house um items anything like that so for such a little item or something so like not important you could end up in a massive debt get credit um like get your credit rating dropping so much that then affects you later on in life so it can affect certain parts of your life such as getting a mortgage you know and these these impacts will st stay with you for a long period of time so that's what I worry about and that's probably the main threat so without taking on these opportunities and really warning people of that and warning people of the threats then it's not going to go away anytime soon and people are actually going to get themselves in a lot of trouble um so yeah. That's what we went on to. So if you've noticed there, guys, we've just gone on to swaps. We've gone on to strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So I appreciate we're talking about it. And when you're writing, it's probably going to be a, a bit more formal and you're not going to yeah. be talking about that top shop. Top <laughs> a mouthful of that. Um, yeah. But that's kind of how we've done it. So um, Betty, do you want to go on to the next part of the analysis? Yeah, so it's kind of like, um, you may have heard of it as like pestle, I think. Um, we're going to focus on the E, the S, and the L. So that's like economic, sociological, right, and legal. Um, so like, if you're thinking economic, like obviously, um, right now, you know, everyone's experiencing living costs are going up. They're going through the roof. It's crazy. You know, you this is that like again. <laughs> it is crazy this is like the highest inflation rate we've seen in years so like the thought of like right now this is like literally the worst time to get into um an issue over like oh you know um my credit and I was trying to buy this t-shirt I was trying to buy this top I was trying to buy this this is like literally the worst time ever um like that's the first thing and I think the second thing is like if you think like economically it actually impacts the um, credit card industry because right now with this interest free, free payments, like nobody's going to be looking, oh, do you know, I want to get a credit card with like 24.6 um, interest. Or like, so no one's going to like get that. So I think that's like, if you're discussing it in an interview and in your application, that's something you could say like, oh, there's the potential for a, de for a decline in the credit card industry. Um, Gabby, do you want to take us through the yes? Yeah, so, so, so logical. Um, I think this is really important to really understand how society functions and how this affects society and the people within it. So like I said, it's really aimed at kind of younger people um, that can't really afford to pay for it now, so they choose to pay for it later. And it's definitely aimed probably more at like clothing brands and things that you kind of desire, that, that you want to have, um, but sometimes you can't afford it. Now, because it's aimed at people who can't afford it, it's, it's an industry that's reliant on people not being able to pay it back. So if you think of the sociological issues, it's actually the main aim of buy now pay later is to kind of 
lend the money out and pretend it's all interest-free and it's all beneficial for yourselves. But then actually, plot twist, you know, you end up in a lot amount of debt, <laughs> a crazy amount of debt, and yeah. your credit score goes massively down. So I think that's really important to emphasize. Yeah. Um, if we want to talk about like the legal implications, so like if you're in an interview, you could potentially say, you know, looking forward, the easiest thing to say here is like regulation. And obviously if you're at a firm that's, you know, does a lot of like regulatory stuff, that's like a really good thing because it shows that you understand how to like analyze the business story, look forward to how it's impacting the area and how it's potentially going to impact like their clients. So like, you know, regulation. So you're thinking like, um, advertising laws like where is it where is like things that advertise where they advertise is it potentially going to have like an impact on like the the way the information is presented and then you can link that back to like the firm you're applying to like their clients what kind of clients do they do they have do they deal with a lot of clients who like have like advertising stuff do they deal with a lot of clients who are like into like regulation so like that's some or are they like big in retail so literally the point of it is just like link it to like, just look at the firm's practice areas, think of the story you've talked about and then just link it to whatever practice area because that shows like you have a forward thinking mindset, which is like a thing I've seen on like loads of law firm websites, forward thinking, they want you to be able to like, not predict the future, but like, look, um, like I guess build the bridge between the story and like how they function as a business so yeah those are like the legal implications of it. I'm sure a lot of firms want you to predict the future as well future. Um, <laughs> but if you've noticed guys what we've just gone is done a bit of a working example gone on to well we summarized it at first Betty talked about the summary of it and did a bit of an introduction then we went on to why it's relevant and use the SWOT analysis and then our final kind of paragraph or discussion was on to the like considering wider trends and we went on to the pestle analysis and focused on the um, strongest factors that we found important in relation to the story or the new story and then as Betty talked about depending on where you're applying if it's for an application or an interview then you link it right back around do a circle do a bit of a summary and link it to the law firm that you're applying for. So to summarise our minute episode on commercial awareness and how to grow it, what we're going to do is go through one commercial awareness top tip that you guys can do, whether it's a daily habit that you can implement into your lives or a long-term goal that you can set for yourself. So Betty, have you got the first top tip for us? Uh, yes. So I know like usually when people listen to like commercial awareness stuff, you know, it, it usually ends like, oh, you know, read Financial Times, read The Economist, um, which is which is good. You know, it is, it is great. Like, go on Financial Times and, like, select. I select, like, topics that I'm interested in. But I think a top tip, which is relating to, like, what we've talked about today is, like, literally, it's so easy to look into your life and read about stuff that actually affects you. Like, Gabby and I was talking about it. Um, she's not used Buy Now, Pay Later. I have. That's something that I've used countless times. So it's something that is so normal to me I can have a conversation about it and just like taking that reading up a bit about it and then just like finding because everything you do is literally commercial awareness anything you're doing um just reading about it and then understanding like we've talked about doing all the like breakdowns okay 
this affects me, who, who is the target to customer, who is this, what are the weaknesses, what are the opportunities in this area, what's the future looking like? And that's where like the research comes in. You know, we've said, I think you hear this many times, like, oh, make sure that you're, um, you're focusing on areas that you're interested in because it's easier to talk about. And I think, you know, sometimes it's like, well, how do I know what I'm interested in? Just look at your life, you know, anything you do on a daily basis, there's a possibility that you could see a story about it on Financial Times, The Economist, on like different like um, legal Instagram pages. Um, you could see a story, oh, this is interesting, read up about it. And then just like, you know, if you're a mind mapper, <laughs> then just mind map like, oh, this affects this area, this affects that area. Oh, this links into this, this links into that. Because it's something that's maybe slightly personal to you, you can actually relate to it more than if you were like forcing yourself to read something that is like absolutely not interesting at all. So I guess like, that's the first thing I would say, like look around you, look around your life, look around your circumstances, things that affect you, your family, your friends, and then read stories about that, which makes it possible for you to have like more well-rounded conversations when it comes to like those interview times and you don't get too nervous because it's like, you know what you're talking about. So yeah, that's my top tip. That's a good top tip. And when you think about it, if you're reading every single story, every single commercial awareness story that you're not interested in in the slightest, it becomes very boring very quickly. You know, people won't admit it, but no one enjoys reading new stories about stuff that they're not interested in. And that then it leads to you hating commercial awareness. So that it does. So that really emphasizes the importance to find something that you like, because if it's not something you like, you won't commit to it. It'll feel like a chore. You don't want it to be a chore. You want it to be fun. You want it to be kind of, like I said, a daily habit or a long term goal, something that you can actually achieve. Thank you for that top tip, Betty. Gabby, do you have anything you want to share with the listeners? I think in relation to my top tip, it's really about commitment. Now, I'm not saying spend 10 hours a day looking at commercial awareness stories or new stories because you'll become very sick of it very quickly. But what I'm saying is spend five minutes a day scrolling through certain type of resources to really understand what's going on in the world even if it's just watching the news on the metro or um on the train or your commute to work anything like that just commit to something daily or weekly to make sure you carry on working on your understanding so there is some amazing resources out there that i'd really recommend so i know that the legal brief comes up and is released every week now that has a minimum of like like three main new stories legal cheek does it financial times is always a good one and there's so many legal instagrams out there that really focus on commercial awareness weekly so i'd really recommend them as well and have a look at what you guys can find but that's really my main tip what do what tip do you recommend hannah i think that's a really good tip and in and kind of following on from uh, your tip about commitment and you know regular good habits my biggest tip is also application so i feel like i was kind of struggling a lot with commercial awareness and what really helped me to actually follow a news story pay attention to it and stay interested 
as well as actually, you know, break it down and understand it is by applying my knowledge of a commercial awareness story and using it for a blog post or a podcast or whatever. So I actually wrote for a little more as a reporter. And that was really great fun because I got to, you know, write about and learn about different areas of law and also find, you know, what I enjoyed. But also, you know, it was good because I had to commit to a certain number of reports every month. And also I really had to kind of break it down and explain it to someone else, you know, who would be reading it. Obviously, this isn't sponsored by Little Law, uh, but they are our good friends. And um, we also do run commercial awareness chats with them. So that's another good way to improve and practice your commercial awareness by attending our Let's Chat Law uh, commercial awareness events which are usually Friday lunchtimes because again you're like discussing a new story and instead of, you're not just reading it passively you're actually you know talking about it dissecting it and like really getting to grips with that new story which hopefully obviously will improve your commercial awareness but also help you remember it too. Amazing thank you so much for that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Chat Law the podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, which is coming out in June, where we'll be talking about all things in-house versus private practice. So if you have a question um, about working in-house or private practice for our guests in June, please email us at letschatlaw at gmail.com and we might select your question to put to our guests, anonymously, of course. We appreciate all your feedback on Let's Chat Law, the podcast. So please let us know by leaving a comment or sending us a message on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You are also more than welcome to leave us a review on our podcast. Finally, remember to subscribe to Let's Chat Law's monthly newsletter to be the first one to know about our latest news. See you all in the next episode.